Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Ella Jean Ehrlich. I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. I'm Rosie. This is Martina Navratilova. This is Mark Forbes. I'm Andy Murray. You're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Episode 491 of the Tennis Podcast. This is, I'm David Law. Catherine Whitaker is with me. We are on the eve of our flights to the Australian Open. Can't believe it, especially given that it's grey and dreary and horrible outside. Catherine, how are you doing? Uh, seven, seven out of ten. I'll be Crikey. Well, what's going on with the voice? Catherine's got the, have you got the lurgy? Or is that your I've movie trailer lurgy. voice? I've got the logie, yeah. yeah. This week's tennis podcast brought to you by David Law and Tom Waits. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's nothing, hopefully, that some Australian sunshine can't cure. Excellent. But I am going to be that person on the plane that I usually hate, being disgusting in a confined space. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm not sitting next to you. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, we're two days apart in our travel plans. And uh, so uh, I should be able to avoid it. Um, We should say we have got so much to get through today. We've got the Hopman Cup. We've got Brisbane, Doha, Pune, Auckland, Shenzhen. All of these uh, fantastic tournaments we've had over the last week. We've got Roger Federer to talk about. He beat Alexander Zverev in the final uh, of the Hotman Cup in the, the men's singles. Angelique Kerber looking good. Serena Williams back. There was Serena and Federer on court at the same time in the mixed doubles. We've got more on Andy Murray. We've got loads of winners like uh, Roberta Bautista, Kevin Anderson, Rina Sabalenka. There's so much to talk about today. And we should also update you on our Kickstarter progress as we try to keep the tennis podcast going and growing in 2019 and to give Grad Matt a job. We have booked his flight so he is going to australia to melbourne for the first time his whole life and he's going to be there helping us produce the show he'll be appearing on the show with us as well we are catherine 84 percent funded so we are just 16 percent short of our target right now which which is amazing isn't it we've got one week to go so go to kickstarter.com to our twitter page at tennis podcast or our Tennis Podcast website, which is tennispodcast.net. You'll be able to see a link there where you can go and and chip in to our Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign. Uh, Basically, we're just trying to put a budget together that enables us to produce as many of these shows as we possibly can, as well as we can, and just keep this thing going. Because we are in our seventh year, and next week, Catherine, or just uh, during the Australian Open, we will be producing episode 500. Can you remember episode one? I don't like to talk about episode one. Oh, right. Shouldn't have brought that up, folks. Episode 500 will be better than episode one. Okay. That is a CW guarantee. (laughs) 
Excellent. Uh, but I mean, really, it, it has been so heartwarming to see the, the, the sheer number of people that have been getting behind us uh, in recent weeks. We, we had 571 people back us for the, throughout the whole campaign last year. 650 now, Catherine, have, have, have supported us. And, and to know that, that this show means enough to that many people to be able to to help it along and to continue and thrive is just wonderful and and we we are blown away we are really moved by it and uh yeah if there are more of you that that want to do the same we've got to hit the target because we won't get a penny if we don't kickstarter is all or nothing and and as we say we want to give grad matt uh, the job that he deserves but for now catherine hotman cup first of all this is supposed to be or we expect it to be the last ever Hotman Cup, don't we? Because the ATP Cup that is being brought in next year played across, I think, three cities, one of which looks like being Sydney because they've just announced a, a roof is going to be built for next year. The um, the Hotman Cup, men and women, mixed doubles and all that, country against country, looks as though it's on its last legs and, and that we've just seen the last of it. And it and it finishes with Switzerland defending their title, Roger Federer going unbeaten, beating Alexander Zverev. We'll talk about the actual little player storylines in a moment. But first of all, that that is a shame, isn't it, if 30 years of the Hotman Cup is at an end? Yeah, and... and <laughs> I find it inexplicable. I think it's a great event. I really do. I'd love it if it counted for something. I know I know it would change a bit if it counted for something. I know a lot of the things that are nice about it are are by virtue of it being an exhibition event. Um but nonetheless, I I think it's fantastic and I find it strange that it's it it's it, it, it's potentially disappearing by choice. You know, it's Tennis Australia. It's a Tennis Australia-owned event, and it's Tennis Australia um, that are part of the creation of the ATP Cup, which would see the Hopman Cup disappear. I find the whole thing really weird. Um, and if plans do proceed as as things stand at the moment, the Hopman Cup will be gone. Um, and I, 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 I just... I, uh, I mean, you know how I feel about the ATP Cup. First of all, I mean, there's so much baby going out with bathwater. Even if you generally support the idea of an ATP Cup, right? E- even if you're like, okay, cool, ATP Cup, I can get on board with that. Why does it have to be at the expense of the Hotman Cup and Brisbane? And, you know, that's that's these are babies going out with bathwater. These are really good events, I think. They are. Um, and they, they, okay, they pulled out all the stops, possibly because, you know, it's supposedly the last year and, and they got the, the Federer Arena on the same court together, never happened before thing, um, then playing mixed doubles. But look at the stir that that created. Everybody was going nuts for that. I mean, some of the Globally. mixed doubles matches this week. I mean, people have really paid attention to and enjoyed the Hotman Cup. Um, and I think because of its position in the calendar before the Australian Open, it does take on a bit of significance that an ordinary exhibition was, wouldn't because the form of Roger Federer in that event is relevant because that's the only, those are the only warm-up matches he will be playing 
before the Australian Open. Um, so it's more than just to shrug the shoulders and just sort of say, oh, well, how he's playing is of no consequence at all. Um, you know, and Zverev and, and all the rest of them. I think a few more of the, the female participants will be playing Sydney next week. But but anyway, I, I just, oh, I sigh at the whole thing. It's... It's it's not it, a utilitarian would not approve of what's happening. I don't think the utility in tennis is being improved by the plans that are currently in place. Put it that way. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see how it evolves. Um, but I think the yay the, no. What is your opinion? Well, I agree with you. I, I don't. I I don't want the Hotman Cup to disappear. Um, you mentioned Federer Serena playing mixed doubles this week, and it was just a wonderful moment. Really, um, the the final was great. I don't I don't like this fast four mixed doubles format personally. Um, no, nor do that, I. That's but... just a personal view, and there's a, a lot of people that we polled on on Twitter at Tennis Podcast that have, have agreed. The majority, I think, don't like that. But oh, look, good. The, the the action, the and that should be the rule passed as far as I'm concerned. Big relief. Yes, uh, but the the gist of the Hotman Cup, I don't see what there's not to like, and and the fact is, we don't have another one of those. We don't have anything else like that. So this is what gets me is that so so many of the changes that are, are made to the sport end up with more of the same it seems to me and and actually what we need is some point of difference and and this particular competition provides some of that which uh, which i really enjoyed in terms of the the event itself and impressions of of the players that we saw you've noted down here th- four names federer zverev serena and kerber in sp- in particular F- well, let's just start with the that that Federer Zverev final because that felt like and again it's it's to all intents and purposes an exhibition but that final that those two played 6-4-6-2 to Roger Federer was a return to where we might have been a year ago in terms of Roger Federer looking fleet-footed uh, sharp using his talent and Alexander Zverev having really no answer to it, which is totally the opposite of what we found at the the ATB finals where Zverev just imposed his game and made Federer look a little impotent out there. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, and make no mistake, they were both trying full throttle. You know, I know you can't recreate the situ- a Grand Slam or, or, you know, big ATP final situation I know somewhere at the back of their minds some aspect of it being an exhibition will have had a factor but but in in terms of their conscious minds they were giving it everything because matches matchups matter you know if they end up playing one another in a in the Australian Open semi-final that will have been the last time they played that match will feature on on both their minds so it mattered um and Roger Federer I thought with throughout the week was better than last year, better than he was in Australia last year. I mean, the Hotman Cup last year, he lost to Kokonakis, if you'll remember. Um, and look, he, he looked good. And everybody, I think, was talking about him as the Australian Open favourite this time last year. But there were there were fewer other contenders. You know, Djokovic wasn't... I mean, he was barely on the scene this time last year, wasn't he? In the, in the end, he... Uh, got to was it quarter finally lost to Chung yeah mm. um but 
yeah, I, 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 I think that that match will feel damn good for Federer and pretty sour for Sasha Zverev. Actually, I don't think he'd admit to how sour it feels, but I don't think that will have tasted nice for him. What do you think? It, well, it is the perfect tournament, though, isn't it, for Federer because he can just let it all flow. Uh, there's no real stress moments in those matches and that, I think that that's the thing that I would be cautious about if I was uh, a Roger Federer fan thinking that this is the the moment that he then rolls on and wins the, the, the Australian Open because we've seen so many moments over the last six months in which he's tightened up or his game has gone awry and he started flailing away in your words bailed out a couple of times in matches and I think that those are the right words um he he looked tight though what I mean by that is the game looked tight there were no loose errors from that forehand wing everything looked as though it was in place the footwork was just right and I I I like watching Zverev quite closely at the moment to, to see what, what's happening with his serve because it really took me aback at the ATB finals the way he was just rolling through these service games, crashing down these serves as fast as anybody in the world without with seemingly little effort. And for f- three or four games, he did that again at the start here, but he couldn't carry it on. And Federer, over the years, Federer was the first player ever to be able to deal with the serve of Andy Roddick. He was able to read it. He was able to diffuse it. And I just wonder whether he's... He's maybe going to start working ways to to diffuse and blunt the game as Zverev. It's it's going to be fascinating, really, going into. Yeah, that's very interesting. Do you think he spent? Do you think he spent all what what is it four or five weeks of the off season just hatching a plan for blunting the Zverev serve? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think he, I think it's certainly been in the back of his mind. Will it? Will it? He will have noticed. Really, him and Djokovic, they'll have felt the force of Zverev in that ATP finals. And, and just have been, I think he will have come into their mind in the off season, whereas he hasn't in the past. That when, they, when they're training, I reckon he's, his, his game and his face will be in their minds a little bit. Okay, so you say that it's the, it's the perfect tournament for Federer, etc., etc. We should take his form, albeit very good, with a, a tiny pinch of salt. But the f- the fact is, he's looked extremely good in the Hotman Cup the last two years, and he's won the Australian Open the last two years. Mm, yeah, Discuss. well, he, he was very, very convincing this week. He did not look a year older. He didn't. He didn't look any older at all. And <laughs> I found that really interesting and sickening. I mean, sickening. I'm not, you say I'm, interesting. I say sickening. <laughs> it is a bit. Um, I'm not sure how much to read into it though, because we've had six months of him looking older and looking I don't know it's just it's impossible to know whether any of these factors play into contention in, in the Australian Open or not but well I'm, I'm except really... they have the last couple of years I think mm. well yeah. I think he's got exactly what he's needed from the Hotman Cup there's a reason he keeps going back there I know for his comeback two years ago the reason he chose Hotman Cup is was slightly sentimental reasons it's where he met his wife Mirka but also you know you guaranteed the matches at the Hotman Cup I wonder actually whether Andy Murray would have preferred to play the Hotman Cup this week I believe the reason he played Brisbane was because it, to fulfill the pledge he'd made last year was out of a, a, a loyalty and a, a sense of um, 
duty and honouring an agreement that had been in place a year ago and he ended up pulling out after the draw was done, which I'm sure won't have sat easily with him. I'm sure he'd have preferred to play Hotman Cup where he would have been guaranteed matches. Mm. Um, but, But yeah, the fact is, you say it's impossible to tell. Well, we do have two years' worth of data on Federer playing Hotman Cup and Federer winning the Australian Open. Yeah, so you're saying Federer's going to win the Australian Open then? I'm saying he has moved up in my list of favourites, which I haven't quite settled on yet. Okay, right. Well, Catherine's got a week to go. But yeah, it has changed my view of of Federer at the Australian Open, what I've seen this week. Yeah, well, I think I'd agree. I mean, I'd pretty much go along with that. What about Serena and Kerber? And also we should mention Bencic, but what, what did... You've said here Kerber looking awesome, and and this again is is the same as we had a year ago, isn't it? Where she just comes out looking as though she's been living in some forest, chopping trees down for two months. Yeah, she lo- she looks fantastic to me. I mean, we know what a hard worker she is. We, you're right. We expected to come off a, an off season and a pre season training block looking. Um, yeah looking like world's strongest woman really she's extraordinary somehow she's she's got a tan already how has she already got a tan um because it's hot and she looks hungry she looks i know she's not world number one in the way that you know she was a couple of years ago but she looks comfortable in her skin you know she's she did a lot of sort of self-promotion sounds really bad but you know she's she's on the cover of uh, German Vogue at the moment and uh, so a lot of promotion of her picking up um, German Sports Person of the Year award and looking you know very glamorous at the award ceremony and stuff and lots of pictures taken and she just looks so much more comfortable with it this time around with the attention with the status I still don't think it's her you know through and through I still don't think she's ever gonna be a a person that feels that you know she's at home on a red carpet or whatever but I feel like she's learned to to deal with it and learn to be more at ease with it so that combined with the the physicality and, and the tennis that she's playing she's still got a funky technique I, sometimes I still you know I'm sitting there marveling at how brilliantly she's playing and the athleticism and stuff and I and and then sometimes I sort of stop myself and remember wow what she's doing with what is basically a a weird technique isn't it um particularly on that forehand is pretty amazing weird technique and a, a slightly weak serve um she's she's amazing i mean physically she looks just i mean even by kerber standards pretty amazing is serena williams the favorite for the australian open based on what you've just seen over the last week oh i don't think she stands ahead of any other I think she's in a, a crop of favourites, but for me, she's not ahead of them. What do you think? Hmm. I think, I think she. We might, just watched Pliskova win she, uh, win I think, Brisbane. I think she's the favourite. I think she's the favourite. Yeah, and actually, look at. I'm just looking at the odds here. According to the bookies, she's comfortably the favourite, which which surprises yeah, me. Yeah, but there's all there's all there's always this Serena and Federer but there's always a, a bias for the established players regardless there's also a of fear form. isn't there I think the thing is I think the thing is when you look at the the odds what what's fascinating is just how many players are in the pack behind her that are all between sort of eight to one and 
16 to 1. There's loads of them because I think that everybody knows there's lots of players that could win it, but actually she's the one who's won 20 plus of these titles. So she's the one they can trust. And I don't know, I I I I do feel she's the favorite, but I'm not I'm not that confident to pick her myself. I'm not sure I will be picking her for the title yet. I haven't completely distilled that in my mind because I think Naomi Osaka could just roll through a second consecutive Grand Slam title. I think Arena Sabalenka, having won a title this week and, and given all she's done the last few months, could do the same. It's just, it's so intriguing, the women's draw. It's 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 the better tournament in many ways in in, in, in that regard. The, wherever you look, something notable could be about to happen and somebody big could lose. Whereas I don't, I don't get that same... I think that you're more likely to be able to you'd probably be able to predict more or less the, the semi-finalists of, uh, of the Australian Open when the draw comes out on the men's side. Famous last words. <laughs> yeah, Grigor uh, Dimitrov in there, is he, David, for you? Yeah. Grigor Dimitrov yeah. be in there. I think that's unlikely. Yeah. Um, oh. I, d- I did have a moment when he walked out on court in Brisbane and he got a couple of wins and he beat John Millman, which he <laughs> struggled to do last year, but then he lost to Nishikori 7-5-7-5. But I... W- I d- he came out and I thought I'd read a couple of people saying how he was standing really close to the baseline and maybe the influence of Agassi and all this sort of stuff. And I thought, oh, maybe, you know, And he, I just can't I can't believe he's going to break through at a level higher than he's already achieved, which has been a perfectly good career just not the career we we anticipated it would be so no i don't I switched you? that Nishikori match on at uh five all in the second set Dimitrov serving uh forty thirty uh and I thought right game on brilliant um uh obviously lost the first set, but he's looking he's looking good he's looking sharp he's looking up for this two double faults unforced error lost serve uh lost the match one game later. So <laughs> that is the sum total of Dimitrov tennis that I've watched this year. So, yeah, he's he's not in my last four, put there it that way. There were some good bits. There were some good bits, I can tell you that. But anyway, they weren't those bits. Everyone has good bits. We have the occasional good bits. No, we don't. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Brisbane elsewhere, uh, Carolina Pliskova has just won the women's title. She was a, a set and a breakdown against Lesia Serenka, who served for the match and didn't manage to serve it out. And Pliskova came back and won it. So well done to her. She she might be a contender for the women's title. It would be, it's long overdue, really, isn't it? Um, Medvedev, Daniel Medvedev against Kanish Kuri, as we come to you here on the tennis podcast he's just about to get underway so we're, we're probably not going to be able to fit that one in but Medvedev just hey a, breaking uh, so I've got breaking news David oh, breaking yeah. news that will be out of date by the time you all listen to this um hey. Courtney Nguyen um the WTA insider has uh just I've just seen a tweet from her a quote from what I assume is one of the tournament organizers involved in uh the trophy presentation to Karolina Pliskova uh Quote, tomorrow we have an announcement of an even bigger event for next year, as in to replace Brisbane, presumably. Well, I don't know. Maybe I guess maybe they're going to be one of the ATP Cup um, sites. I imagine. Yeah, that's but that be. doesn't cut. This is during the women's trophy presentation. Oh, OK. So that's not going to be included in the ATP Cup, is no, it? I hope not. <laughs> That'd be a bit awkward. <laughs> no, well, it'd be great. Hmm. Mixed event. Mixed event is what tennis needs. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's going to be the new Hotman Cup site. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. But there isn't a new Hotman Cup. 
What a mess. I don't know. I don't know, Catherine. Anyway, um, earlier on, so I said Medvedev against Nishikori is the, the men's final, and Medvedev was the man that beat Andy Murray in the second round. Murray got a win in the first round against James Duckworth. And, he, you know, I, I, I don't know. What did you think? I thought he played decently. Decently. I mean, he still looks very awkward and uncomfortable just moving around. But... He 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 played okay. What what did you think? I mean, the 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 story was more the things he said rather than the way he played. Yeah, I mean, I think you you heard probably in the tone of our discussion about Andy Murray in last week's podcast um, that that you and I and and probably every tennis fan is desperately searching for reasons to be optimistic, but probably deep in the pit of our stomachs is is not that optimistic uh, about the comeback of Andy Murray. I so yeah with with given that I went into that Duckworth match with low low expectations I was slightly pleasantly surprised. I found reasons for for an elevated level of optimism. Should we say yes he still walks like my grandpa in between points. Um but I didn't think he was holding back, you know, running out wide on the backhand side in the way that he had been um, in the last, in the, you know, sporadic times we've seen him in the last year. And I thought his serve was was better. You know, I keep banging on about that time. I watched him play uh, Kyle Edmund in Eastbourne last year and he was serving at about, you know, 80 miles per hour or something. It was it was horrendous. Um, so I, I found reasons for optimism. And of course, he had that... Um, emotional reaction uh, when being asked on court about the the time that he had had away, what it what it had taken for him to get back here. We're now quite used to seeing that from Andy Murray. The emotional impact for it for me is not any lessened. Um, I still find it um, um, quite harrowing, really, seeing him um, just be overwhelmed with the emotion of it all in the moment. You know. Um, when you know just the slightest thought of of what he's been through, um, what he's had to come face to face with, you know his his mortality as an athlete, and when you're defined by being an athlete, that's the mortality of your of your identity of your soul, isn't it? Um, so yeah, so I, I I I was emotional and and slightly optimistic after Duckworth, and then obviously that all the 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 bubble burst a bit against Medvedev because he was very very resoundingly beaten against Medvedev. He still says he wasn't experiencing any pain in his hip during the match, and you know no cause for alarm, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's no doubt that you know that was a sign of how far off um, he is. But now Medvedev has gone on to reach the final and potentially win the tournament. Does that put the loss in any different a light? I don't know. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, I uh, think you could you could clutch at that straw, um, and I, I'm happy to. But I I just don't know how much more he can improve really w- with his physicality. I, I'm sort of just hoping against all kind of logic really that he just starts playing matches, not feeling it, and looking like his old self. But I was watching that match against Duckworth the other day um, when my my eight year old daughter walked in. And she said, oh, Daddy, who's playing? I said, Andy Murray. She said, oh, great. Why is he limping? And I thought, yeah, okay, my, my little daughter who doesn't watch much tennis 
has seen him limping immediately. And that struck me um, that, you know, it's that obvious. I've almost got used to the way he walks, but then he actually talked about the way he walks after, I think, the second match of the two and said, you know, he doesn't like seeing himself walk like that and he, he, he... it it almost hurts more when he's walking around. I mean, we've had a few correspondences on Twitter here. Uh, Lynn said, having watched Andy closely for years, there is a limp. The hip business is not going to go away. Although there is some encouragement in the way he's played so far, I can't see him coping with five-set matches and do think he will retire this year. Anna, now we've had this conversation before. Is it Anna Doble or Anna Doble? I can't remember. Anyway, she it's, says... It's, Do- it's Doble, but I like to think of it as is doble because yeah. i think that's that's fun oh yeah we've renamed and I, her and i and i think she doesn't mind me thinking her as a doble like a buble yes okay well that's i'm what sure his with. non-stage name really is you know booble fine okay watched a re- replay of the match just now and actually i'm less worried she says he served pretty well and just made too many unforced errors seemed like rustiness more than discomfort movement okay he's always waddled to me i reckon he can build on this and get some okay results this year Siobhan is Walsh. that w- w- waddled w a d d l e d? Yes, right. Oh. There you go. Uh, mm. Siobhan Walsh says finally, breaks my heart. I have watched him fight to get to number one. His own psyche, the greatest opponents in history, some sections of the media, and he beat them all. It breaks my heart that he may have to stop. He's a brilliant pundit, but all that fight wasn't so that he could talk about the sport. Oh, yeah, I mean, fast forward 10 years, David, um, Andy Murray's retired, you know, long retired, probably very long retired. Uh, and we stick on YouTube and we watch a clip of, you know, one of his matches from Brisbane this week or a recent match. And we see him walking the way he is. We'll go, oh, my God, you know, obviously he was going to retire. You know, obviously there was no hope. It, it, it is strip away all of our feelings Randy Murray our desperate hopes <laughs> um, you know and you know we become your eight-year-old daughter you know seeing it all with fresh eyes uh, and it's very difficult to do that because he brings out a lot of emotion in in all of us for various different reasons but strip all that back and we become your daughter don't we seeing it with fresh eyes and going oh my god he's walking <laughs> he's walking like my grandpa um and how on earth can that be that that person be uh, a top level athlete in a sport where the difference between one and a hundred in the world is fractions of a percent you know it is fractions of a percent so he may be he may be back to what ninety percent of his former self but that's 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 eons away from from where he needs and wants to be. I don't know. It's two matches. It's two matches. I do I do feel like Hotman Cut would have been better for him yeah. this week. Um and I'm sure well maybe he would say, but you know, I, I do I suspect a sense of loyalty and, and commitment to Brisbane is is why he ended up playing there. Can I be granted um, a did, however, didn't a, a didn't however. take a while didn't take a wild card into Sydney. I'm sure they would have offered him one. Mm. I, I'm gonna I, I need one however, Melbourne. Catherine. Which is, Go on. a year ago, um, and for the following few months, I, I remember looking at Novak Djokovic a number of times and thinking, 
he just doesn't look like he used to look and I don't see how he's ever going to look like he used to look again if he's if his elbow is hurting and he can't serve anymore and he's burnt out and it's all gone yeah but it was so much less physical with Djokovic yes there were there were there was an element to it that was physical the elbow was a problem um but first of all it was a fixable problem rather than a a, a chronic issue that a chronic injury which you just have to manage um again they've both done this thing of not quite saying exactly what the injury was right Mm, um, but I believe that was a specific injury, which he tried to manage, and it eventually realised that it, it would be better to 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 give in and have surgery to correct it. Now it is corrected, hooray! And he's back to being brilliant again. Andy Murray is managing a chronic injury. Um, it it's different. I mean, you're right. I'm not saying I don't take a a grain of hope from it. Um. But it is, it's very, it, it's a grain rather than a, a morsel. Okay. I want a great big chunk. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I know. I can't have one of those. I hope he doesn't uh, listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore us, Andy. You're going to be fine. Don't worry. Um, uh, but anything, anything can happen. Brian Baker has had his 14th surgery this week, but he's still hopeful. Good luck to Brian Baker in his recovery. He's had horrible problems uh, with, with hip injuries and back problems, etc., etc. Still trying to make a, hey, a, a career. Hey, Leighton Hewitt's had hip surgery and yeah. he has just entered the Australian Open. Correct. Post-retirement. Go on, Leighton. Fantastic. Now, what else has happened in Brisbane? Uh, Rafael Nadal withdrew. He's another... I mean, we... we his injuries aren't as dramatic and, and singular as, as Andy Murray's hip, but he just has so many of them, doesn't he? Uh, so we watch and wait with bated breath to see whether he's going to be able to play the Australian Open. Del Potro's already pulled out. Um, Naomi Osaka's press conference after defeat to uh, Lesia Serenko really was just must-listen, wasn't it? Because it was so candid. She was so open about, in her words, a sort of immaturity um, in in her behaviour on court. And she let, let us in on just how how she's trying to deal with being a Grand Slam champion who everybody's looking at and just assuming will win and that she's supposed to win, were, were her words, I think. And I found it fascinating, A, that she, she's going through this and she's laying it bare for us all to, to know about. I mean, I think it's the sort of thing that we all assume happens to, to Grand Slam champions, particularly first-time winners. We've, over the last year or two, we've seen Kerber and Halep have those issues. But she's really letting us in there, isn't she? I, I mean, she it just makes her all the more likeable, relatable. I, I mean, what a, what a boon to the sport Naomi Osaka is. Yeah, she's got an extraordinary capacity for for self-awareness and self-reflection, which is always an endearing quality. You know, think about think about all the classic um idiotic, hilariously idiotic characters in comedy. The key ingredient to all of them is total lack of self-awareness. So the the reverse of that that um is that is it that, that's that sort of self-reflection is is always appealing, especially coming from the mouth of someone who's so um, disarming um, in in the way she speaks. She doesn't sound like she sounds like somebody that's just um, she catches for me. She catches me off guard because she sounds like somebody that's just sort of speaking 
not necessarily without thought, but kind of just shooting from the hip and saying whatever's on her mind. But actually, there's an awful lot more going on there. There's an awful lot more depth of thought. And, um, you know, for her to say, I don't like watching myself. I think I behaved. Um, did she use the word spoilt? Or have I, have I translated that? It was a word kind of like sulky. Mm. That's the word. She said, I, I felt like I was sulky. Um, sulking on the court and I, I, you know, I don't like watching myself when I get negative like that. And, you know, she talked about the nerves that, um, she experiences and how different they are. She said, I felt, she said she feels the same level of nerves that she would have done before a, a match like this a year ago, but they're completely different nerves. You know, she said before it would have been nerves about the occasion. Now it's nerves about the pressure she puts on herself to win. Um, and you're right. We we assume all that without hearing it ever from from players. And usually, in fact, top players will deny it because apparently any any um, emotional or, or psychological chink is is weakness. Um, and I love that she's showing that that it's not. She's she she in the um, montage of that press conference after her loss to Serenko that I saw, the, the last thing she said was, I got so much more from this match than I, I would have done if I'd won it. Wow. I mean, what... Uh, yeah. It's extraordinary. What an extraordinary line. Um, yeah, she's 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 glad she didn't win it. She's a better player for not winning it. And well, I know that's a sort of cliche that we trot out as pundits. But will, will it But for bear her, out? in that moment, in, in the immediate aftermath of a loss to come out with something as, as poised and self-reflective as that um, is amazing. We don't know if it's true, though. Oh, we, we don't know if it'll bear out. I mean, that's how she feels at the moment. That's what she said. But it will... I, I'm not convinced. I, I, this is definitely this episode has definitely put doubt in my mind about her for the immediate future of the Australian Open. I think she's going to have an amazing career, but I do think that this could all get a bit much for her uh, in Melbourne. Um, that's that's my feeling. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking. And I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. 
Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Let's go through a few of the other results of the week because we've had some some significant winners and uh, and results elsewhere. Djokovic had two three setters against Martin Fucevic and uh, uh, Tamura's Basilashvili. Have I said that right? I can't remember whether I've you got have. Right yeah, um, two out of two. Yeah, um, and uh, and then he eventually lost to Roberto Bautista Agut in three sets. Absolutely stunning match. Bautista Agut, I don't think we have ever seen him play better. Uh, and he, he ended up winning the title, beating a resurgent Thomas Burdick in the final. Nice to see him back and fully fit again. Um, brilliant from Bautista Agut. Does it make any difference to your view of whether Novak Djokovic will win the Australian Open? like uh, an iota of difference he's still the the head and shoulders favorite um, and i think i think he's got the tennis he needs from this week you know yeah. the 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 two three setters well the three three setters you know uh, in fact i think he's got more from it than if he had just had a procession to to the title um so yes a, a morsel of doubt obviously it's different over best of five sets but It'll give, I mean, for for the rest of the field, it should give them more than a morsel. They need to convince themselves that, that, that that's a significant loss, that he is beatable. They need to be clinging on to that loss to Bautista Agu. Um, but for me, it, it's, it's a, it makes a tiny difference. He's John- still, it, it, he's still head and shoulders favourite, isn't he? John Wertheim interviewed Chris Evert on his podcast uh, a few days ago, and and he asked her whether she would take Novak Djokovic or the field, i.e., everybody else. I love that question. What do you think? But basically, are his are is he greater than fifty percent chance of, of? Would you put his chances of winning it at greater than fifty percent? Right. Yeah, but I mean, um, you know, Zverev, Federer, Vavrinka combined versus Djokovic. Um, what do you think? Chris Evert said Djokovic. Yeah, I probably think just Djokovic. I'd probably think uh, just, just the field. And actually, fifty-three percent. Just had of a little moment of thinking about. Just had a little moment of thinking about how well Federer played. Um, that's that is a week ago. I would have said for sure Djokovic. And I am just wavering a bit on that. Um, but the, you wouldn't say that about Serena, would you? You're saying Serena's the favourite, but... Oh, no, no, no. Only, only Ser- just... Uh, Serena a few years ago was where Djokovic is now and even maybe more convincing. Yeah. In as, for, foregone conclusion territory, you might say, David. Yeah, let's be realistic. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'd probably just go with the rest um, on, on balance because because he's got to run into so many players but it's 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 50-50 it is right on the edge 
for me, maybe just towards the field. Um, so Batista got won the title. Um, Mr. Reliable won uh, Pune, Kevin Anderson. Uh, he beat Ivo Karlovic in the final. He didn't face a break point in the final. He didn't break serve in the final, three tie breaks. Um, but it's it's just Kevin Anderson doing what he does, winning. He's a winning machine, this guy. Unless you, Where is he on your list of favourites? Where is he on my list of favourites? That's a very good question. Oh, um, he'd probably be about... Is he top five? About fourth, I would say. Wow. Some, somewhere like that. Is what? he ahead of... Uh, I was going to say Chilich, but Chilich has got an injury. Um, he is my who, Marin Is he Cilic ahead of, of Zverev? I would say. Is he ahead of Zverev? No. I'd have him ahead of Zverev. Ooh. No, I, I would still have Zverev ahead of He's him. He's reached two Grand Slam finals. Zverev's reached one Grand Slam quarterfinal. Yeah, but I think I think Zverev's uh, top level is is just higher. Um, I think he's he's going yeah, to be a better I, player. Yeah, I, that's not what I'm asking. Is he going to be a better player in the next two weeks well, over I, best of five sets? I think he is, yeah. Um, I, mm. I would put him ahead of of Anderson based on the fact that I think that Anderson's level will get him so far and then he's slightly reliant on other people not reaching their very best level. It's quite inter- interesting looking at, at the bookies here. I mean, crack, he's way down. He is way down. He's th- like 40 Yeah, because to he's one. not... Uh, yeah, well, the bookies are skewed towards, you know... Oh, this is ridiculous. Established, established of, gram- glamour players. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm closing down this my book. This is why bookies. you and I aren't odds compilers, David. Right, I'm, I'm not looking at that anymore. I've closed them down. Bye-bye, bookies. Um, what, what have the bookies got Andy Murray's Australian Open odds at? Amuse me. Between 14 and 40 to 1 at the moment. What would you put them at? Oh, 100 to 1. 200 to 1? Certainly, certainly 100 to 1. Um, you you know. said 100, I said 200. Oh, God, let's go and cry. Where would I, you put Pliskova, David? Pliskova? In Ooh. your women's, yeah. And who, so Pliskova's just won Brisbane. Sab, yeah, Sabalenka's just won Shenzhen. Yeah, Sabalenka's who, an interesting who, one. I mean, I, I, I would put Sabalenka ahead of Pliskova, personally. I yeah, think. I would too. Um, yeah. I think Sabalenka could do an Osaka. She could win this. Yeah. She could win it. Oh, and I don't think it would even be that much of a surprise. I don't. It would. I. I feel for me that would be less out of the blue than Osaka winning U.S. Pro- probably yes, because we've seen more recent form from from Sabalenka. I mean, a, pretty, she, she, everybody is is talking of her as a, a a Grand Slam champion in waiting, and I'll say it again. She she took Osaka to a third set tiebreak in New York. Could have been her. Was it? I don't know. I Could don't have been her. It was a tiebreak. Lifting I think that it was a six-four. It was something like that. But it was a it was a, it was a third set, set tiebreak. Hmm. It was the third set tiebreak. She double faulted to give away. Yeah. No, okay. All right. I, I trust you. Um, I mean, I I am double checking it now. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. Um, <laughs> Uh, what was the other result? I've just been watching this morning. Uh, I've been reading up on um, uh, Andreescu, Bianca Andreescu. Oh, bollocks, David. It was 6-4 in the third. Yes. 
don't you argue with me uh, i should say folks this morning's uh, agenda comes to you from Catherine <laughs> late last night she did a splendid job <laughs> however uh, you you might have noticed given we're scrabbling around for for what the score lines were about six months ago that grad matt hasn't been able to help us today because he's been busy uh, and so fortunately that's why that's this why is what hiring. happens yeah, yeah. We're, 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 that's why we want to hire him give him a job uh that's why we want to fund our kickstarter so desperately um obviously we want it to help us keep the show going generally but that's what he brings folks he brings an incredible level of detail how <laughs> much david of bianca andrescu have you seen the I, uh, defeated auckland finalist well i saw a lot of her. To, i saw the final today i've seen snippets throughout the week this is a player 18 years of age from canada who qualified for this tournament won three qualifying rounds and then she she beat venus williams caroline wozniacki and today she was beating yulia gerger she was a setup she was five four up um or with, with gerger serving but what a lovely player to watch she is i mean mm. really you have you have you seen much of her yet only snippets here and there i've not seen a full match but yeah i agree stylish Uh, honestly at a time when we we've just lost agnieszka radvanska from the game now she's different to radvanska she's a much bigger hitter but she likes to play drop shots she's just got that intuitive ability to play different types of rallies that she plays on feel uh uses instinct makes it awkward for Power, she'll match power players and yet she's still got variety as well I mean it, it, there's a bit of Daria Kasatkina actually the one that reminded me of her she reminded me of most was probably Belinda Bencic that sort of instinctive ability to to just play tennis um, rather than just being an athlete and I found her really exciting to watch um, yeah oh, I love that well. comparison because I've loved watching Belinda Bencic this year I'm I'm ready for her to rise back up to to where i feel she belongs mm. um yeah I, I, ash barty also just one quick mention of ash barty she looks so fit and strong um to me exciting times and she's, talk- oh, she's Catherine, talking you're, you're, about you know top your voice 10. sounds better it sounds like we've cured you of your lurgy <laughs> does it it's as australian nears yes and you know, Australia it's... starts tomorrow for you, doesn't it, on the 24-hour flight? Uh, any it tips does. you've got at Tennis Podcast for what Grad Matt should do on a 24-hour flight because he's never been on one and he's got one this week? Dave Levy's Dave advice was so rubbish. Ignore it all. What was it? Don't drink was, don't, was one of it. I, don't I drink mean, alcohol? I don't think I've ever... Yeah. I mean, do, you, do you have a tip on a 24 I hour think, flight? I, I think it depends how nervous you feel about flying. Right. But I am strongly opposed to sober flying. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, we're going to have to go. We are going to have to do a combined tennis podcast <laughs> flight to Australia one year and record a, an, an edition of the show. In fact, we could do a 24 hour tennis podcast <laughs> marathon uh, on the plane one year uh, just to see what sort of stages of drunkenness Catherine goes through. <laughs> No, 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 no. You've, you've never drunk, David. Always classy. Right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Tipsy. Uh, merry. Yeah. All those things. All those little adjectives. Okay. Indeed. Catherine, well, um, um, we've run out of time. Can we do um, thirty seconds of Britwatch? Yes. Go on. Well, Kyle Edmund lost to the world number one hundred and one hundred eighty-four, and is now pulled out of Sydney. One hundred eighty-five. Um, and is now pulled out of Sydney with a 
knee injury. Yeah. It's oh, not good, dear. is it? It's not good. Big time points to defend here. And Joe Conta withdrew 1-4 down in Sydney qualifying this morning with a neck problem, as reported by Adam Mulder, our friend from BT Sports, who, um, I mean, that hasn't confirmed that, that particular injury. But, I mean, that, that sounds precautionary to me if it is a neck injury. You know, she's maybe ricked her neck or something like that. But, oh, dear. We need some good British news here. First time she's played qualies since 2015. Mm. Joe oh, well. Um, Edmund yeah. came out of nowhere last year. We could be, we could be having a quiet old time at the Australian Open, David. Uh, Catherine's injured. <laughs> Unwell. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going wrong. Uh, anyway, so that is about it from us, I think, Catherine. Uh, unless I've got any, forgotten anything else, you can go and finish your packing. Have you packed your racket? Oh, I haven't. Was I supposed to? Yes. I haven't got my racket. My brother's got my racket. I can, borrow a racket I think we can borrow I can borrow a tennis racket yeah. okay right so I mean I've been waiting for five years for this rematch mm. my form's mm. decent no it? one's chipped in to umpire it though no so. funny that can't happen <laughs> no, nobody's gonna waste their money do you think we've overestimated the oh. value of oh, umpiring our, but anyway our you can you can you can umpire our to be rematch. clear i i campaigned for setting the price for that high because i don't want that rematch to happen yes because you want to retire Mar- with a market forces in it she's got the head-to-head folks she doesn't want the rematch um yeah. so anyway yes you can still do that you can take us on to the predictions you could give the gift of the tennis podcasts we'll uh, we'll say happy birthday to whoever it is you want uh, on the show um if you support us in that way we, they get a signed uh, bespoke designed tennis podcast card um there are all sorts of other things you can do you can introduce a show and uh, yeah basically the 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 gist of it, we, we've just come up with a few reasons that you might want to to help this show keep going and growing. The other thing we'd like you to do as well, if you wouldn't mind, tell somebody you know about the show. If you like it, if you enjoy listening to this, if you know somebody who likes tennis who you think might want to listen, tell them about it. Because then we'll have a bigger listenership and we can, uh, we can keep it going and growing. That's what we're trying to do. Catherine, have a safe trip to Australia. Grad Matt, you too. We'll, we'll speak to you in a couple of days. Make sure you're getting your agenda sorted because this one's been rubbish. Sorry, Catherine. Uh, <laughs> we've got all sorts of stuff wrong, uh, but we're, we're still enjoying it. And we will be back with another tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph on Friday, straight after the draw has been made the night before. And we'll speak to you then. 